This is the Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz on MESN. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz here on MESN Radio and MESNRadio.com. As always, I'm your host, Chris Fictel. We got a lot of great sports to get into, and even though it's the winter, we actually have some baseball stuff that we're going to talk about. It's the winter meetings, and it's not anything as big as the Giancarlo Stanton move, but it's still definitely worth talking about. So first off, I got an alert this morning about the Tampa Bay Rays trading one of their best franchise players, uh, Evan Longoria, He is on his way all the way to the other coast, the West Coast, and he's going to be in San Francisco with the Giants. The Giants didn't land their guy, Giancarlo Stanton, and some people would consider this them settling for a lower quality guy, but I think it's a really good fit for them. He's really hungry to perform in the playoffs. You know, he got that Rays team all the way to the World Series where they ended up losing, But he brought a franchise that had no business making it to the World Series, and he helped them get there, and that was a goal in itself for them to make it all the way there. So kudos to all the work he has put in in his career that entire time he was with the franchise, and I know that he is going to put in a great effort when it comes to how he's going to perform in the other uniform I, th- I think he's gonna like seeing a stadium full of fans you know that that's probably a good start when he's used to uh not so much <laughs> he is definitely used to you know 10,000 people filling a 40,000 seat stadium that doesn't look so good so he's gonna have the beautiful views he's got that you know great great field to play at with just severe enthusiasm they're gonna have a healthy bum gardener coming back next year and I just think that is gonna reap they're gonna reap the rewards over there for years to come for making that trade that is huge so also one more baseball thing I wanted to get into uh two really actually uh you know on the Levitard show this morning he had Rob Manfred come on and he's obviously a Miami guy that being Dan Levitard grew up there went to my the University of Miami wrote for the paper down there, still works down there. And, uh, you know, when he had Stanton traded away, he, it really like tore his heart out. He said again for multiple times. Now he's had his heart torn out by this organization. And, you know, he was calling out Manfred basically on just all the stuff. And Manfred saying, you know, you can't really make money off of the team in South Florida. It's just been proven that throughout all the years, no matter how good they are, even if they're winning titles, you just can't make money down there. And then Dan made the argument, which is true, but it's not the point that Manfred was making, so it was basically a useless comment. He said, he just made $1.2 billion, and you let him do it. And, yeah, he made the money by selling the franchise, by getting out of it, but he wasn't bringing in that revenue year in and year out. He was making absolutely no money. So if the Marlins are not going to be competing for World Series then they don't want to have a payroll in the top half of the MLB. And I still don't think that it is, you know, completely preposterous that they did this. I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, trading away a guy who's going to end up in the Hall of Fame, now I I understand why people are upset. Don't get me wrong. But if you're trying to clear salary, 
How is there a better way than getting rid of the guys who make the most money? You didn't win last year with those guys. You're going to not win again this year, except you're going to spend about $100 million less. And I think that the ownership definitely likes that. So it's definitely a shame. And Levitard got some good shots in on Manfred. But it's, you know, it's a bad situation down there in South Florida. And uh, if it's just going to keep being recycled over and over and over again where this situation plays itself out. And, you know, in 2027, uh, maybe the Marlins do the same thing. Then it's absurd. But if this is the end of the cycle and they finally just keep the team the way it is with the low payroll and don't give away any bad contracts and it gets, you know, run the proper way, then maybe we'll finally start to see the growth of baseball in South Florida. But for now, I think it's just the same exact situation. You get people's hopes up right when you finally get them back. You got a new stadium. You got the best player in uh, the National League. And then it all comes crashing down. So definitely a big shame. And then maybe the most major point that I wanted to bring up while we're on the topic of baseball, Zach Britton, the closing pitcher for the Orioles, missed a large chunk of last year. And, you know, that's big reason why the Orioles weren't all that last year and he has gone and hurt himself again he's going to be out for at least six months he ruptured his Achilles tendon horrible injury for anyone who's ever had it you know that is a disaster of a recovery period and all prayers out to Zach Britton all prayers out to you Oriole fans out there I know that's a really tough loss he might be in the top three closers in all of baseball, even at times the best closer in all of baseball. So to see a guy of his caliber go down, it is really, really a shame for it to happen this way. I mean, he's a good man. He, you know, he tries hard. It's not like he's milking it or anything. He wanted to come back so bad last year and kept having setbacks and just this injury, it doesn't threaten him being an elite pitcher again but it it's a it's a tough recovery and uh you know the the way that the ligament is it might never be the same I think he'll be the same I don't know if his leg will ever be the same and it's a shame that he's gonna miss a large chunk of the season you know it's still December now but it's late December and we're talking June basically he'll come back if I'm being nice about it June late May something like that So he's going to miss at least two months of the regular season. He's going to have no spring training whatsoever, and he's barely even going to be able to start, you know, doing any type of baseball activities for months and months. So really a shame for Orioles fans out there. Sorry to bring you the bad news. I'm sure you already knew this. You know, it's not like like you wouldn't have heard already. I'm sure Orioles fans out there are pretty shook over this definitely a big shame so I mean we're still looking for them to do good things in the future but if they move Machado and Britain never is the same thing again then I don't know exactly how this is going to work out so definitely a shame for the Orioles but we'll talk more baseball next week on the show pretty much finished up on that for now and I think that we should get into the NFL a little bit NFL weekly review so we are going to head to a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about the NFL and we're going to get into all the good stuff you know another week in the books in the NFL 
Monday night game over. It was a doozy this week, and we'll get into all that and more when we come back from the break, guys. This is the Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz here on MESN Radio. You can always check us out at facebook.com slash sportsfixmesn, or you can check us out on iTunes here, our full-length episodes, or on SoundCloud. Search for The Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz. I'm your host, Chris Fictel. We will be right back. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz on MESN. You're listening to The Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz on MESN. Welcome back to The Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz here on MESN Radio and MESNradio.com. You can always check us out on Facebook.com slash SportsFixMESN. Hit us up at SportsFixMESN on the Twitter. Slide into those DMs. And you know you can check out our full-length episodes at SoundCloud.com slash SportsFixMESN as well as searching on iTunes for The Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz. And don't forget, you can always call up the show at 609 910 0687 that's 609-910-0687 and we talked a little bit about baseball to open up the show we got good winter meetings stuff going on uh Longoria going to a new team he's now on the San Francisco Giants if you didn't hear at the top of the hour but we're going to talk NFL here in this next segment and it is fantasy playoff time which means it is almost real playoff time which is a huge moment for all football fans and football players and the teams the organizations themselves this is huge so let's get into a little bit of that week 15 action and we'll break down the standings the way that they are at as they sit after we run down the game so thursday night we had a bit of a snore fest as far as the teams that are playing, but it turned out to be a pretty good game. So the Broncos took on the Colts and ended in the Colts' favor on the road. It was 25-13 to for the Broncos. And uh, Simeon, you know, he re-injured himself again, and then Osweiler comes in. So how's this going to go? You know, Osweiler, not really well regarded around the league, but he's a serviceable quarterback And he came in and had one of his better games, 12 of 17, two touchdowns, no picks, almost 200 yards, but it was the C.J. Anderson show, let me tell you. He had 30 yards for 100, uh, sorry, 30 carries, 158 yards. This guy was all over the field, and they just kept feeding him the rock. And I say, why not? If a guy is hot like that, you keep giving it to him. You know, they score 15 points coming out of halftime when they were down by three points. In that third quarter, they really just turned the game around on its head, and they took the lead, which they would never relinquish. It ends in their favor, 25-13. to 13. Like I said, big win for them. And the Lions took on the Bears on Saturday. So I think this was the last Thursday night football, guys. So get ready. There's going to be more Saturday games coming up. It's going to be Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays from here on out in the regular season so no more thursday night football for you thursday night football fans but it's better off for the league and for the players they won't be getting injured i hope as much we can only hope so bears took on the lions on saturday and the lions stay in the playoff hunt you know they had that horrible call 
where Golden Tate clearly got into the end zone at the end of, I think it was like week four, and it would have put the Lions at 4-0, and and then the Falcons won, and now the Falcons are one game ahead of them in the playoff race, so that could really come back to bite them. That bad call, it would really be on the refs too. There's no one that could say he didn't get into the end zone. I really can't believe that it wasn't called in their favor. So Lions, big win, staying in the race, 20-10 to win for them. And they really just dominated on the defensive front. Jordan Howard held to 10 carries for 37 yards. Tariq Cohen, not even a full yard per carry. I mean, they didn't even have 50 yards rushing. So the Bears are a big rushing team. And if you can't get the ball on the ground at all like that, you know you're not going anywhere. Trubisky forced to throw the ball 46 times because they just couldn't move it on the ground. And uh, 314 because he's chucked it up so many times. But three picks and the Lions win. Get to eight and six. Chiefs took on the Chargers and it was a big win for Alex Smith and the Chiefs who reclaimed position in the AFC West. I think they're back in first place now ahead of the Chargers. 30 to 13. Huge win for the Chiefs. And Alex Smith, you know, Mr. Ball Manager, he had two touchdowns, no picks. Kareem Hunt, 155 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Added a couple receptions as well. Make it seven for 51 and another touchdown. He was on fire. He better have been in your fantasy lineup or you're a fool. And, uh, you know, the Chargers can't get the job done when they need it the most. But then the Eagles took on the Giants. This might have been the game of the weekend. It was in the Meadowlands right here in my backyard. And Nick Foles was quarterbacking for the Eagles, and he didn't skip a beat from where Carson Wentz left off. He had four touchdowns, no interceptions. Same thing with the Eagles. They couldn't really move the ball on the ground, but they did muster up around 100 yards of rushing, so much better than the Bears we were just talking about. But... The Giants were in control of this game, and they let it go. They had a uh, they had a halftime lead, and they did not hold on to that momentum at all in the second half. Eli, huge game. I think it was the third most yards of his career, 434 yards for him, three touchdowns, almost 40 completions, so they were chucking the ball up. Sterling Shepard, big game, not enough for the G-men, but I'm loving it because that means that they are going to be in better position for that high draft pick. Um, you know, they won a game, and I thought, here we go again. They're going to win like four in a row, and they're going to blow it. Even though this team can't possibly make the playoffs, they're eliminated. So we don't want that. And the Vikings take on the lowly Bengals. Marvin Lewis just announced he's resigning at the end of the year. Yeah, you're resigning because you're going to get fired because you're complete trash lately, Marvin Lewis. He was there for 11 years, never won a single playoff game, so adios, ghost. And uh, the Vikings took him on, and they really put the sword to him when they were already down because they won by four touchdowns. That's right, 34-7, to huge win for the Vikings. Andy Dalton not moving the ball at all, barely over 100 yards, two picks. And Case Keenum, it was the Case Keenum story all over again. And even Teddy Bridgewater got some of his first action in an NFL game again in a long time. And he did throw a pick in only two attempts, but happy to get him out there. You saw they won by four touchdowns. Who cares if he throws a pick? Happy to get him out there, you know, loosen up a little bit. Big win for the Vikings, staying up there in the NFC. 
And then the Browns, you know, another chance to get a win, and they do not do it. Big loss, uh, 27-10 for the Ravens. And then the Redskins on Sunday as well. They took on the Cardinals, kind of a snooze fest. Neither team really pushing for the playoffs whatsoever, both eliminated. But the Redskins were the ones who came out on top, home in D.C., happy for the victory. Uh, happy for Kirk Cousins if he's on your fantasy team, but everyone else is pretty much useless in that game. Uh, the Panthers took on the Packers, and you know who's back. A.A. Ron Rodgers, well, at least he was for this game. Rodgers actually out for the season now. They put him back on the IR because they were eliminated from playoff contention after their loss this weekend, and Aaron Rodgers actually had three interceptions. It was the first time he did that since uh, the late or mid-2000s, so it's been a very long time since he did anything like that. And uh, Cam Newton controlled this game. Power runner, he's got uh, he's got a quarterback rushing record that he just tied this weekend. I think most games with 60 yards rushing, and he's already tied with Michael Vick, and he's still such a young lad. He's going to break that record. Saints also took down the Jets. Should have expected that, but it was closer than you'd think. Saints needed to put him away with two TDs in the fourth quarter. And uh, with Bryce Petty quarterbacking for the Jets, it should have been easier. Drew Brees held under 300 yards, but he had two touchdowns. And Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, great games out of them again. And they are the first backfield mates on the same team to make the Pro Bowl since the 70s. Incredible stuff out of them they are just on fire those two in the backfield and great to see such a good tandem you know getting the job done and getting the recognition that they deserve then the bills took on the dolphins another snooze fest no playoff teams in this one the bills might still be in the running but i just don't see them getting it done they took down the dolphins 24 to 16 much better weather in buffalo this week no snow but uh still hindered jay cutler the cold Breezy weather, three picks for him. He didn't do anything. Drake with a touchdown. But for the Bills, it was the Shady McCoy show. He reached 16,000 rushing yards. So that's a really big plateau for NFL running backs. Get ready for that Hall of Fame, Shady McCoy. We know you're running there. All the yards you get after this are just padding the stats. But you have earned your right to Canton, Ohio. So impressive stuff out of the Bills. And then a couple games left this weekend. Another blowout. Two blowouts in a row here. The Jaguars just destroyed the Texans. Blake Bortles absolutely on fire for them. Marquise Lee out, might miss this week as well. He injured himself early in the game with zero fantasy points. Thanks a lot, Marquise. You know it's the playoffs, right? And uh, the Rams beat the Seahawks down on the road in Seattle at Century Link. It was 42-7. to Russell Wilson with negative fantasy points even at the half. Ended with only 12-13. Not so good. Even worse game for the whole team. Forget the fantasy. 42-7 is reality. The Rams just showed them where they are right now. And the Rams are on top. And the 49ers with, I think, six field goals from, uh, from their kicker get the job done. Robbie Gould it is. And they win 25-23. Uh, Sunday night, we had Patriots, Steelers, 
and with a very controversial call, Jesse James looked like it was a clear touchdown. They called it an incomplete pass when people weren't even questioning if it was a completed pass. They were trying to figure out the spot, and then they call over that it's incomplete. So blew people's minds. Then all they have to do is kick the field goal to tie. Big Ben throws a pick on third down when the next play they could have kicked the field goal, and the Patriots hold on for the victory to claim control over that AFC. That is such a huge win. Might be going through Foxborough now in the AFC as far as the playoffs are concerned. Cowboys and Raiders played. Zeke Elliott coming back next week, but he wasn't here for this one. Cowboys with another freak play where they the ball clearly wasn't a first down, but then they used the length of a card to add length to the football, and then they called it a first down. And that was basically the deciding play of the game. So real crazy there in Oakland. But the Cowboys on top, 2017. And the Falcons took on the Buccaneers for Monday Night Football. And that ended with a Falcons victory, 24-21. Julio Jones still having a a really quiet season. But Devontae Freeman was a complete monster. He fumbled twice, but they recovered both of them. Uh, the offensive line did, so they ended up fine there. Huge win for the Falcons, staying in that playoff race. And uh, we got a lot of really good teams and a lot of really bad teams left in the NFL. 11-3 and are the Steelers and the Patriots in the AOC, tied for first right now. Jaguars right behind them at 10-4, and maybe the surprise of the year. And then the Titans... And the Ravens, sorry, the Ravens aren't in. The Chiefs are leading the division, so the Chiefs are in. And then the Titans are in. So the Ravens right now are on the outside looking in even at 8-6. And six. and so are the Chargers at 7-7. Seven and seven. Bills at 8-6 and six also on the outside looking in. But they've won two in a row. Unfortunately for them, though, their last two games are on the road where they just can't seem to win this game. Year. Let's look at the NFC a little bit. The Eagles are the one seed. They're 12-2, and two, way up there. We've got a lot of good teams in the NFC, though. Going to have everyone with over 10 wins in the playoffs this year. So 12-2, and two, Eagles in first, as I said. Vikings in second at 11-3. and three. Then we got the Rams and the Saints in third and fourth, respectively, with the Panthers behind them in fifth. And then the Lions... Seahawks and Cowboys all and Falcons all gunning for that last spot, but the Falcons have pole position in that sixth spot, the wild card spot in the NFC, because they're at nine and five. They have the extra game up on all the other players, so that's really huge for them. You know, they made it to the Super Bowl last year. They had the big collapse. They definitely are trying to make a big name for themselves and right the ship a little bit because the way that it's going right now is good. They don't want to fall into the traps of the prior teams the last few years. You get to the Super Bowl, and then you can't get the job done the next year if you end up losing it. So trying to break the trend there. But, guys, we talked enough NFL. We're going to come back and talk soccer pretty much for the rest of the show. We're going to do a Premier League review of the stuff over the weekend talk about big fixtures coming up this weekend and we are going to talk about the carabao cup that's right we had what is essentially the league cup quarter finals this week 
for Premier League teams and all the teams in the English leagues as far as second, third, and fourth tier as well. And we had a mega upset and another penalty shootout in the Man City game. So we are going to talk about those things. And then today was Der Klassiker. That's right. It was Bayern against Dortmund. Quarterfinals of the Deutsche Pokal, which is the German Cup. We're going to get into all that and more when we come back. Guys, you're listening to the Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz here on MESN Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more Sports Fix. With Fick and Fitz on MESN. You're listening to the Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz on MESN. Welcome back to the Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz here on MESN Radio and MESNRadio.com. You know you can always check us out at Facebook.com slash SportsFixMESN. Give our page a like. And you know you can slide into those DMs on Twitter at SportsFixMESN. Check out our full-length episodes on SoundCloud.com slash SportsFixMESN and on iTunes. That's right. You can search for us in that purple podcast app. And on your computer, search for the Sports Fix with Fig and Fitz. And you know you can always call us at 609-910-0687. We just talked about the baseball to start up the show. That's right, the baseball. And then the football. And now we're going to talk about the soccer a little bit. So let's get started off with the story of the day. So there were some live matches on today. First, we'll break in with the Der Klassiker. So it was Bayern Munich hosting Borussia Dortmund at the Allianz Arena, one of the big matches of the year, the the German Classico, if you want to call it that, because that's what it translates to. So you better call it that. So uh, big game. It was the quarterfinals. It's not a two-legged affair, so it all came down to this one match and the results of that. And Bayern just came out flying right out of the gate getting right under the skin of Dortmund, almost scoring as early as the third minute, and then they got on the scoreboard nice and early with a Boateng goal. That's right, my main man, Boateng. So I think in the 13th minute, Bayern scored, get the love going around the stadium, and then in the 40th minute, my favorite player on the whole team, Thomas Muller, scored a goal to make it 2-0, and you know they say 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in all of soccer. So when Dortmund scored uh, their first goal early in the second half, uh, you know it kind of hit the fan for Bayern a little bit, but they still hung on. So Yarmolenko scored with a header on the far post, and that made it 2-1. And then it was really dicey for pretty much the rest of the game. Bayern you know, seized control in the last few minutes of the game, but... At any moment, if Dortmund had scored later in that second half, it would have been a tie game and possibly gone on to penalties where anything can happen. So Bayern were happy to escape after just the 94 minutes with the victory over their deepest, darkest rivals. That's right, even more than Real Madrid, we are rivals with Dortmund, our eternal rivals, as they call some sets of rivalries. So that was a huge game. Bayern advance on to the quarterfinals now sorry that was the round of 16 so they advanced to the quarterfinals now 
That was actually the seventh consecutive year that Bayern and Dortmund have met up in the Deutsche Pokal or the German Cup. So really incredible. They reseed after every single round. So it's not like you can put one on the left of the table and one on the right and have them meet up in the final. They reseed after every round. So the chances are... You know, you, you don't expect to meet someone seven years in a row, but when you both keep progressing through and they keep redoing the seeds and you're still available and there's only a few teams left, you know, there's only so many permutations that are available if you guys are always getting to the semifinals and the finals. So that's how that happened. And Bayern out on top, they will advance. But let's talk about the upset of the day. We had some Carabao cup quarterfinal matches actually let's get into yesterday's action first then we'll break down the upset when we get to today's action yesterday at 245 arsenal took off against west ham at the emirates stadium danny welbeck 42nd minute goal that's all they needed they held on an arsenal advance to the semifinals of the carabao cup manchester city visit the king power stadium to see leicester city you know three years ago or two years ago, rather, Leicester City beat out Man City for the title in the Premier League. Man City vowed that would never happen again. And if you look at these two squads, you know that that won't happen again for some time. But Bernardo Silva's 26-minute goal looked like it was going to be enough. I'm sitting at the bus stop waiting to go into work and uh, keep checking the score, and it's the 90th plus 6, and I still see 1-0, 1-0, and I'm like, when is this game going to end already? And in the 90th plus 7, Jamie Vardy scored a penalty after Walker tripped up uh, Gray in the box, and that was really (laughs) devastating. So 1-1 goes all the way to penalties, but they've got Claudio Bravo in goal, who seems to suck during the regular game and then be really good during penalties all of a sudden so you know City were definitely feeling the pressure but also feeling confident and in the last round of the same competition the Carabao Cup they were up against Wolverhampton Wanderers from the championship and uh, they went to penalties in that match as well and Bravo saved the day there so they felt confident and Bravo did not disappoint uh, both teams hit their first three penalties. Then Man City took the lead 4-3. to three. Gabby Jesus snuck it into the bottom corner. And then since it's uh, a 1-2-2-2 two, two, two system, you know, where you go back-to-back basically instead of 1-1-1-1-1, one, 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 they had two shots consecutively, Leicester City. And it was Vardy and Mares, their two best players. Both players had their penalties saved by Bravos consecutively as a walk-off win for Man City after both of those saves in a row. So City also on to the semifinals of the Carabao Cup. That's huge. And they redraw after every round as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about the draw. They did it right after today's game. So Chelsea took on Bournemouth today. And they got out of the gate with an early goal. 13th minute, Willian gets him on the board. And that's when things got interesting. Right after that, you know, think or they went a little boring, and then late things got interesting. And Dan Gosling in the 90th minute scores for Bournemouth to equalize, and they're thinking they're headed to the same scenario as Leicester and City, where they scored late and then it went to penalties, but it was not to be. Alvaro Morata, one minute after the Bournemouth equalizer, he scores in the first minute 
of stoppage time, sending Chelsea through to the semifinals of the Carabao Cup. And then, guys, here's what I teased so long ago, and I'm finally going to reveal the information to you. Manchester United played at Bristol City today. Bristol City played, you know, deep in the depths of English football, essentially, you know, not exactly uh, the class of England, if you want to call it that. And uh, things didn't exactly go well for Manchester United, right? So early on, Joe Bryan gets Bristol City on the board, right? And it's 1-0 Bristol City, and you're starting to think, oh, boy, you know, United, they'll turn it on now, right? And they'll they'll get it together. And they did just that. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored with a cracker of a free kick. He just smashed it. It went through the wall, snuck into the right corner. And it looked all good from then on for Man United. They looked the better team, but they just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. Then there were three minutes of stoppage time added. And in the third minute of the three minutes of stoppage time, Corey Smith for Bristol City wins the game for the Rovers and sends them to the Carabao Cup semifinals. Truly unbelievable stuff for Bristol City. They are way down in the English pyramid. I mean, if you're out of the Premier League and you're here this late, that's already incredible. But Bristol City, what an upset. And then, as I mentioned, immediately after the game, they did the draw for the semifinals. And what do you know? We get... A replay of last year's FA Cup final with Chelsea and Arsenal facing off in that. And then we have Manchester City facing off against the Cinderella's Bristol City. So it's looking like Manchester City should have a really easy set of getting themselves to the championship. It's a two-legged affair, so Bristol City would have to upset Man City over two legs. I just don't see it happening. They don't have the depth. They don't have the quality. Even if they play their best players, they just don't match up to Man City whatsoever. But Arsenal-Chelsea over two legs, each team getting a home game, that is going to be special. So look forward to that. The first legs are on the 8th of January and the second legs are on the 22nd of January so two weeks apart can't wait for that great action and then the final is going to be on December 25th they get it done uh, weeks months even ahead of time compared to the other competitions so you get this one out of the way you could be going down the stretch of the season and already have a trophy in your cabinet and not one of those phony preseason ones either an actual trophy that doesn't just have one game or a couple of games with some phony group stage. This is real knockout competition. All the English teams in it, really impressive stuff. From Bristol City, Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal, congratulations to all the teams for making it to the next round. That's right, the semifinals of the Carabao Cup. And we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming Premier League fixtures running out of time on the show. So we're just going to talk about the upcoming fixtures. Arsenal-Liverpool, 245 on Friday this week. You better tune into that. That's going to be a doozy. Don't miss that one. And you don't often get Friday games in the Premier League, but during this Christmas time when they sneak all the games in together for you and compress them all, you get good matchups like this. Then we also have Everton and Chelsea. That's Saturday at 7.30 a.m. But I will be watching El Clasico on Saturday at 7 a.m. That's right. 
Barcelona against Real Madrid, guys. Tune in to be in sports. Be there. Mr. Ray Hudson is going to be on the call. The, maybe the greatest soccer television announcer that lives on this planet. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a huge game. I'll be going to bed at about 9 o'clock at night on Friday to make sure that I get plenty of sleep and I am good to go with a beer at 7 a.m. ready to watch Barcelona against Real Madrid. Going to be incredible at the Bernabeu. Bale will play. He's back healthy. Ronaldo missed two straight days of training, so we'll see how that turns out. And then not too many other good games this weekend as far as the Premier League. A lot of matchups were good teams against not-so-good teams. So really impressive, though, with your Classicer this week, the good cup matchups. We got the the El Clasico coming up this weekend. A lot of good soccer. I know you guys are going to go and check it out for sure. But this has been the Sports Fix with Fig and Fitz here on MESN Radio. You know you can always check us out at facebook.com slash sportsfixmesn. Slide into those DMs at sportsfixmesn on the Twitter. And you know you can check out our full-length episodes at soundcloud.com slash sportsfixmesn as well as iTunes. Search for us in the Purple Podcast app or on your computers for the Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz, and you know you can always call up the show at 609-910-0687. That's 609-910-0687. Guys, it's been a great week with you in the studio, as always. I mean, there's going to be so much action for us to get into with the Classico this weekend. With those cup matches being finalized, we can get back to good old Premier League next week. We'll talk about a whole Premier League and World Soccer Review, as well as Week 16 in the NFL coming up to talk about next week. Guys, tune in every Wednesday at 9 p.m. here on MESN. I'm your host, Chris Fictel. Adios. This is the Sports Fix with Fick and Fitz on MESN. <laughs>